Welcome to the Small Machine Talks, a conversation about literature and art, about duende and queerness and coping and tea, border blur and misfits and community, secret places, ragged edges. Angel House Press. I'm your host, Amanda Earle. Hey, welcome to the Small Machine Talks. This is episode 86, and I'm here with Nina Jane Dristig and Ellen Chang Richardson from the Riverbed Reading Series. Welcome to you both. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, So uh, both of you have been on the show before in season four. uh, Nina Jane, you and I sat in, uh, uh, I can't remember, what was the name of that place uh, on Preston? Ward 14. What was it called? Ward 14, right? And that was that was a lot of fun. We had cocktails and uh, had a chat and I had my little, uh, my little digital recorder, a giant thing that I brought with me. And Ellen, you, 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 you came here. So uh, we both I beat did. Yeah, those, those, that was, those were nice days. And so, but today, even though we've already, um, you've been on the show before. I thought I would ask you, um, uh, especially for listeners who haven't heard the episodes or don't have them memorized, because I don't think any of us do. Um, So by way of offering a what are they up to now? Where are they now? (laughs) Ellen Chang Richardson, where are you now? Can you tell us a bit about yourselves, your creative work and anything else you'd care to share? Um, okay, so where am I now? Well, I would say I'm, I'm in the middle of a global pandemic, as we all are. Um, but I'm split kind of between working a full time job that hasn't ceased. <laughs> um, and trying to find space to create. Um, so I'm, uh, I just finished actually my first fiction piece ever, which what? was very interesting. Um, yeah, I, I wrote a fiction piece in the, in the winter and expanded it to over a thousand words, which is different. I usually write in very, for those of listeners who know my writing, I write in very short poems. <laughs> I think the max poem I've ever written is like 14 lines. So yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> I'm working on these days and just trying to generate whenever I can. Thanks, Ellen. Like a creative nonfiction piece that was more than fourteen lines. That was okay. Like- yeah. All right. Fine. You're calling me out because Nina knows my work because we're friends and we know each other's work very well. All right. I wrote another creative nonfiction. I would say that I'm like expanding my my writing. I'm delving into creative nonfiction and I'm writing fiction. I'm just seeing where it goes. But I do have a chat book coming out this year with Coven Editions, so that's exciting. Great. That's um, great news. Yeah. I already, I already know that because when we had we had uh, we had Stephanie and uh, and um, uh, Amelia on the show um, just uh, before Christmas, actually, just in I think it was November, and they were talking about the uh, various uh, work that was coming out in the in the in the next uh, next uh, season or next uh, yeah I guess season I don't know whatever the right word is for the yeah new season of it yeah titles yeah coming out and, and uh, they they mentioned your your chapbook so that's great I'm glad to hear that yeah I'm very excited for it because it'll be the first one that's hand print hand yeah. bound out of the three and um uh it's uh it's called assimilation tactics so that's uh-huh. 
that's fun. <laughs> it's and a they, short one. They do such beautiful work. And they, if you, I, I, when we talked on the show um, last year, they were just so, they, their, their love of making handmade, like the handmade process. And it just shone, like it was just a beautiful, and yeah. it's a great press. I mean, of course, I, I have a love of all my, all my small press uh um, fan, people that I know and stuff, but uh, I, I mean, I do love what they do. I have a lot of, I said, I, I have a lot of their stuff on the wall and in, in, you know, in my, in various cubbies in the apartment and stuff like that. So great. I look forward to that. And if I think they are talking even about having some kind of a launch, even so who knows, who knows what might happen. Uh, fingers crossed. I know right oh. now we're in the middle of discussing cover pages, but to Fun. pivot, Nina and I actually have a chat book also coming out together with seven. Um, this year from Gap Riot. So that's kind of oh. in the works right now. They just typeset it. That's beautiful. Yeah. Did I know? I don't think I knew that yet. So that's a scoop. I'm talking to. I don't to... think anyone knows that. Yeah. Oh, this fun. is a scoop. That's great. That's great. I'm excited. Shit. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> crap. I ran my mouth. I'm sorry, Danny and Kate. I'm it's talking to <laughs> I'm talking to them in, in, in February, uh, at the end of February for, on the podcast. So I'll be sure to bring it up. But Ellen uh, Ellen gave the uh, gave the, gave it away. <laughs> no, wait. I think I think they actually posted it on Twitter the other day. Was it like tagged, without our name? It wasn't like they tagged seven though. They Did tagged they? seven poetry, and they also yeah. tagged the other collaboration that's coming out. Okay. So I didn't okay. technically well, ruin. I didn't technically okay. ruin anything. Besides, I have not been on Twitter as much. So. Besides, well, people, people on the uh, listeners to the podcast deserve the reward. If they're close <laughs> listeners, they deserve the reward of a scoop. So I, I, I always appreciate it when people tell us things that they that they don't necessarily, you know, reveal. Uh, uh, you know, at least nothing too, nothing private, but something that that will will all be is something to look forward to for everyone. So I think that'll be good. What about you, Nina Jane? What's uh, what's uh, going on with you? Yes. Well, since we last talked, yeah, we formed the group seven. Yeah. Me, Ellen, uh, Conyer, Clayton, Manahil Van Dequala, Helen, uh, Helen, I can only think of her. Helen. Robertson. 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 All I could think was Helen destroys. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She does destroy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Chris Johnson. And then we're, then we're seven. Is that it? That's all of us. Yeah. I always have to count on my fingers and I, I wasn't know, counting because I, I was on Twitter checking to make sure I didn't spill the beans and I didn't spill the beans. It's their last post, y'all. Perfect. Thank All right. you, Ellen. Um, yeah, so writing collaborative. So that helped us like get through the COVID-ness. Now I feel like I'm at the dawn of an epidemic as opposed to yeah. the end of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I had a chapbook come out from Gap Riot in the summer. So that was, that's yes. still pretty new. I recently tried to do a home recording session of that chapbook. So that's in the works. You know, I mentioned it also several months ago. I'm just a slow worker. Um, I have another collaborative chapbook coming out sometime in this new year, um, which I think is still sort of under wraps. So I'm not going to say too much about it. But there is another book coming out um, from the, writing studios that I've been doing for the last little while, um, like basically since 2019. And yeah, I have, that's probably it. Just trying to keep writing, trying to produce more things and also have also a job. Planning. Yeah. yeah. Run, and run Riverbed. And running Riverbed. <laughs> it's a great time. I think it's a crazy time for both Ellen and I. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> in all of this. I'm, but, I'm gonna, uh, that's great. I'm I, including both of your, along with the Riverbed site, I'll also include in the show notes on smallmachinetalks.com, both of your websites, which people can go there. And Nina Jane, people can also go to your band camp as well and hear those great recordings of, of, uh, of uh, sound poetry and everything. You're both doing, you're both very prolific. And it doesn't surprise me then that uh, one of the things that you're involved in and, and instigated, instigators of is Riverbed. Can you talk to our listeners about Riverbed, uh, what it is, your vision for it, what it is now and how it's changed from your early planning, especially in light of the pandemic, and how you came up with the name of the series? Either one of you, or both of you at the same time. <laughs> I, I can talk about how how like it started, and then Nina can definitely talk about the name, because I think that was a stroke of brilliance. Um, so it started, I get, Nina and I kind of met when I moved to Ottawa from Toronto right before the pandemic. So in like August of 2019, mm -hmm. and we caught on like a house on fire to use that overused uh, saying, but mm -hmm. we, we got along really well and started talking and like having nights over wine and falafel plates. And then on one of those nights, we actually started chatting about kind of our individual dreams to potentially run like a, a performance series. You know, I had a background in, um, contemporary art and curation and events planning and Nina has a background in programming for literary festivals and marketing and so and and also we had this vision to kind of create something that didn't really exist like there was this little there seemed to be a void of something that was truly um, multidisciplinary and crossed many genres and experimental too and so we just started talking and then was like, why don't we try this crazy thing? And then a couple weeks later, I was like, I registered our name. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what do you mean you registered our name? I was like, how do, do you even have to do that? And I was like, I, I got us a business name. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, for real. <laughs> it's not like the other times I met some people in bars and talked about what we were going to make maybe one day and then never. <laughs> <laughs> before I registered the name we did sit down and talk about the name I would think so yeah <laughs> and that's yeah. where Nina yeah. came up with a really neat name yeah so yeah so yeah like Ellen said we met and shared a lot of interests and similarities and both wanted to do something new I had left the writers festival like within a year um so I'd been doing a lot of their marketing and stuff before that yeah. Um, and I was ready and had some downtime and I was like, I want to go back into taking on projects. And so when it came to taking a name, um, Ottawa is, or there's intersection of two rivers, which is Ottawa and the Gatineau River. Um, and then there's the Rideau, or sorry, the Rideau River and the Ottawa, and then there's the Gatineau River, mm -hmm. um, which is nearby, but not like the Rideau and the Ottawa are right there. Um, and it just seemed like the riverbed was where I don't know, I spend a lot of time out on the Ottawa River and it's a very generative place for me. And I think a lot of people in this city do find the uniqueness of living between these rivers there. Um, and I also think, I don't know, I love, river. it kind of started from a river stone. And if you look at our logo, it's sort of based on like a river stone um, and they change over time and it's the river that changes them. So mm -hmm. I, we just sort of thought that if for a series that's rooted in a very specific place and where there is sort of some creativity and change happening um, that seemed like a suitable name. 
So I actually remember the night that we came up with that name. We were sitting in Saw Gallery, like we were sitting at outside in the hallway of Saw, just outside the gallery, kind of like right be right by um, Saw Video, because we were oh, yeah. like we had just finished up attending. And that's another thing is that Nina and I really bonded because we would go. I was like, oh, I miss all the culture in Toronto, and she's like, Are you kidding me? Let me show you what Ottawa's got. And so we went out and I was like triple booked one night, which I've mentioned before on other radio <laughs> podcasts, but, but um, we were sitting outside saw video after having attended this really neat experimental kind of workshop. And we were just kind of doodling and drawing circles. And, and then Nina was like, mm -hmm. Hey, those look like river stones. And then kind of went from there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a, yeah, that was at the knock gallery. Yeah. yeah, like part of what brought us there is like, anyways, as you probably know, Amanda, or as other listeners right now, there's lots happening. Well, during COVID, there was lots happening in Ottawa. If you knew where to look, <laughs> you could do all kinds of fun things. You just needed to know somebody. So, uh, yeah. So Ellen and I both wanted to do things. So that's sort of how yeah. we connect. Also, and then make more, be more part of this ecosystem that exists yeah. in Ottawa. So. And also when I moved to Ottawa, I was looking for sort of reading series and sawdust had closed down yeah. which I was sad about um and tree was running which I was really happy about and in our tongues as well but then yeah they just started that was it yeah well and and the thing is too uh, and Nina Jane uh, would uh um have a memory of this we used to have a series called the AB series which was run by Max Middle and I would I would consider um, that there, there. I mean, this is the 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 hole that was left when that series ended because it was a very um, there was a multidisciplinary. It was it was a little bit multidisciplinary. But they, for instance, uh, Max brought in uh, sound poets, uh, sound poets, and from various places and all kinds of other. So that was when that series ended. That was a real to me that was a, a very sad time because that was, that was really a place for a lot, uh, a lot of really playful connections between genres and people from a lot of different places too, that were doing a lot of uh, crazy play and fun stuff. So I, I, I think that we definitely, we definitely needed a replay. Not that your series is the same. It's, it's gonna, it's your own and it's, it's quite it's marvelous. I, I I have the distinct dishonor of not having attended a single one of your your events because I'm I'm not I, I don't know in my fifties my late fifties I am not a night person at all and I I'm asleep early sometimes but then I wake up at like three so you know it's a I'm really good for UK events and and stuff like that and to do <laughs> like I can I can do a reading at eight in the morning on a Sunday you know things like that but yeah so it's it's my uh misfortune to have missed but boy I am looking forward to attending them uh once I can again maybe hopefully by then maybe my menopausal stuff will be over and I can uh, I can yeah. be well, I, I was also going to jest that we did decide to start a series in the middle of a global pandemic right so yeah. <laughs> really <laughs> we don't we don't blame you too harshly <laughs> I, I think you, you you your first event was going to be it was it was it was scheduled for May of 2020 and that what you scheduled I mean you were planning I know you were planning for a lot for some for some time and I remember you you know that the, the time was 
you were planning, obviously, an in-person event, because we were all planning in-person events at that point, not knowing about how long these things would last, or even you were planning before the pandemic uh, took hold here in Ottawa anyway. And uh, so I guess that must have been, how did that affect your planning when you when you realized that you had to, um, that you maybe would have to do something uh, online rather than, or on an, on Zoom, as we're all saying now, instead of uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, well, we were very dedicated to going ahead. I know that when we when things started closing down in March, um, well, I don't know, we were, if you all remember the hopefulness of those times, we're like, we'll be over in, it'll be over in May, it'll be fine. Or, or two weeks, uh, it'll be four yeah. Yeah. it'll be yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> we were pretty hope. we were hopeful at the beginning, but as yeah. we approached May, it was clearly... <laughs> not coming to fruition um but we've attended some events on zoom and seen like the fold do their work online um and we just decided we and we already had our lineup like we'd already asked people and people had already committed um and we'd also secured some like you know we we'd already started we told people what's happening so we decided to go ahead i don't yeah we'll do it i remember we had an (laughs) we had a phone call in april we were like uh, should we just do it? We're like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, and the coolest thing about pivoting is that we ended up being able to program, you know, writers from not Ottawa. Exactly. Our, our yeah. first, one of our first performers was from Vancouver, David Lee. And then, um, and then we also had streamers kind of viewing, like my cousin tuned in from New Zealand, which was really cool. Oh, great. Yeah. And Kanye so, Clayton's friends and family were able to tune in from the US. Yeah, so that's that's kind of the neatest part of that Zoom environment, I would say. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, for me, I mean, even for doing the podcast, I've been able to talk to people in the UK um, as well, you know, people across um, in the States and Canada and other places. So, I mean, I really do, I, I sort of appreciate the ability to do that. And also, um, yeah, for, for listening, for watching readings, to be able to watch readings from all over the place, uh, you know, it, 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 is, it is a nice, it is a very nice, uh, it, at least it still allows us to have some connection with, uh, with at least we're not on Netflix constantly that way. So, you know, it's a, it's a good thing. And I'm, I'm so glad you're doing that. You've got, um, I was, I was actually, I have to say that when I went to the site, I, you have, I was, I was surprised to learn because I guess I haven't been up to the site uh, to read it carefully. Um, I, I do that sort of thing for this podcast. I don't read very carefully sometimes, but I do my best. But so there are two additional curators on there: Rasha, uh, Rachel, or uh, Rachel Weldon, or Rachel Weldon, and, and Joseph Mathieu. Um, so that was interesting to learn. First of all, maybe you could tell us a little about about them and uh, when and why you decide to add additional curators and and how they ended up being uh, part of uh, Riverbed. Yeah. So. When we were planning the first riverbed and we like before this is like before the pandemic set in this is like january february 2020 um we were like we need some insight into musicians because we were like we know how to deal with poets and we know we want to paying our artists is important and so we wanted to know a little bit about programming and reaching out to artists and we well i've known rachel for several years she's works she programs debaser which runs really great shows the peak festival that is now happening in ottawa um and she, yeah 
known her through Megaphono and everything. So someone we, we knew and she'd met up with uh, Ellen and worked with her through the Arts Network Ottawa through a mentor program. Yeah, so, it was actually interesting. It was like around the same time, January, February, I, I was like, you know what? I'm trying this new thing. I've never run a series. I'm new to town. What I'm going to do is I'll sign up for Arts Network Ottawa. They run an incredible mentorship, menteeship program. And I signed on to be a mentee, which was weird because I had only ever been a mentor in my previous, like every time I'd taken part in any of these. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, and I think the, the, the info session that they were hosting, which Nina actually went to with me, it was at Arlington Five. Mm. They had said, if you're unsure about whether or not you should be a mentor, you're probably in the mentee position. So I was like, okay. So I signed on as a mentee and happened to get paired with Rachel Weldon. And, and we were like, oh, okay. Yeah. And so, and we had already started talking to Rachel at this point in time when Rachel and I got paired together through the Arts Network Ottawa oh. mentorship program. And so it was kind of great. We, we pivoted our mentorship to co-mentor each other and she's, we brought her on board to Riverbed and she's definitely been an in, like, invaluable advisor for not just musicians but also on the back end with helping us through our finances and the bookkeeping and and that kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah and then we were looking to sort of expand our our like offerings as a series and we wanted mm-hmm. some bilingual support um and joseph Mathieu is a writer i've known in ottawa for a while he but oh he would write about arts and culture. Uh, he writes, he used to write about arts and culture for different, uh, for the Where Ottawa publication. Um, mm-hmm. So I've known him from around as well. And he was looking to learn a little bit more about events in Ottawa from like a pro, like programming and planning perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're really glad that he agreed to join our team to offer some, you know, writing and grant writing support and also some translation support for our materials. Mm-hmm. Um, which are now, so now we have a bilingual newsletter and website as well, which we were not able to, to offer previously. But as a uh, living in a city that's very bilingual, um, something that we wanted to add and continuing to grow in terms of like inviting some writers from the Francophone side as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I would say that um, one of the issues, I mean, there, as far as um, there's, um, there's a, a, an association which, which now I've, I've, the name has slipped my mind, but they're involved in Verse Fest too. Um, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, Association des auteurs um, francophones de l'Ontario, something like that. Yeah. So, but that, I mean, other than that, um, and Verse Fest, um, the uh, it does seem like Ottawa is lacking in in uh, French uh, content. Um, in content for uh, um, writing and, and writers and audiences in, in uh, fr- literary audiences. Uh, so, uh, well, I actually yeah. want to shout out in our tongues really briefly because yes, they started yes. um, programming bilingual as well. They did, you know, yeah. Before we did. And they, you know, it's actually interesting that you mentioned the AB series because if you want to talk about contemporary influences for the two of us, um, it would be in our tongues and AB series, but that can be a later. Yeah. <laughs> Later answer, but I just wanted to say like they they do incredible work in terms of making sure that they can present in bilingualism, which I mean, even though Nina and I do speak French, like it's my third language yeah. and it's not na- Nina's native tongue either. And so, yeah, so it's um it's been great to have Joe um, as part of the team to be able to help us in that sector. Yeah, that's great. One of the things that I, I, I when I listen to both of you um, 
um, talk about the connections you've made. And, and, and it's just one of the things that's really apparent is just how involved and, and, and how much a part of community you are. And I think that that's what, to me, that's part of what makes what is making your series strong and what makes other series and other other initiatives related to arts and culture here in Ottawa so good. I mean, there's, there are all kinds of things you can, you can get to. And I will try, I will make sure to put the um, Arts Ottawa Network uh, stuff on. I'll put all the links that it, I go through. What I do is I listen to the, I listen to the episode afterwards as, and take notes and put in all, as many of links as I can catch and and, uh, and put in as well. So I'll make sure to put all those links up as well. So that's great. Uh, another interesting thing I, I I found about when I was reading through the site is that you mentioned both Le Ibu and Cabaret Voltaire as well in, in your description, which was lovely. Can you talk about them and the connection to the reading series? And, and you already mentioned a few contemporary uh, influences like In Our Tongues and the AB series, but you can also talk about others, influ inspirations, influences, and, uh, and stuff. anything else in that little package or otherwise you want to discuss? Sure. Um uh Go ahead. You, yeah. Um, you do. Uh, okay, wait, hold on. Sometimes Nita and I talk over each other okay, like well, this. So, you go yeah. first. Talk about <laughs> Cafe Le Ibu because it's local. And then I'll talk about Cafe Le Ibu. No, I think you have to talk. Okay, well, no, I think you have to talk. Well, okay. So <laughs> first met, we, one of the things we really connected about was like performance poetry and like data yes. poetry and poetics. Yeah. And Okay, chronologically, I guess I have to talk first. Yeah, I think it makes a little sense. <laughs> well, we can both talk about it. And I think, like, Ellen brought up Cabaret Voltaire because there is a book of avant-garde poetry that Ellen lent to me and then which I got my yes. own copy. And um, I can actually show it to you, Amanda, because oh, since, since we're, me. like, half in our own space. Hold on, let me just... Okay. So, anyway, so we met and we really oh, discussed this book. When I told Ellen that I was like doing sound poetry and sort of explaining what that was um, and that type of performance. Um, it, well, it reminded us of the Cabaret Voltaire and also brought us to this book, which Amanda Ellen is gonna show on the screen that so, listeners will not see. Yeah, so unfortunately listeners can't see it, but I can definitely read it. Um, so not many people know this, but I was, I studied art history in university and I was a curator of contemporary art for over a decade. Um, and some of my focuses in university were specifically data, really, which is where sound poetry had its start, yeah. um, I would say on the international level, and also surrealism, uh, Dutch Renaissance, and then contemporary and modern art. So I ended up curating contemporary, but my root of all of sort of my interactions with art and performance all stem from data. Um, so this but is even done data. experimental poetry performance or experimental art performances, which maybe yeah. one day I'll tell yeah. you about. It's <laughs> so called the data reader for anyone who's interested in finding out about data. It's a critical anthology and it's edited by Dawn AIDS, I believe is how she pronounced her name or ADS, A-D-E-S, either way. Um, data started in, I think it started in Zurich and then it kind of went to Paris and it even spread to, um, Czechoslovakia and, it, and it was just, there were, there was so the cabaret Voltaire was basically a group of these dataists who got together and decided that they wanted to put on cabaret style performances to perform their sound poetry that they had written. Um, 
And so that's how it started. Hugo Ball performed at the Cabaret Voltaire and yeah. And we and thought that then, was sort of, yeah. So I said earlier when Elle was talking about the series, she wanted like where genres blend. And I think like experimental was sort of at the core of where we wanted to go. And it's still like forms, we have four iterations a year. And one of those is always dedicated to like purely experimental work. Um, so that's still very much at the core of Riverbed Reading Series. Um, so inspired by Cabaret Voltaire. And then when Ellen was talking about that, it, I mean, Le Boo was not around <laughs> in my lifetime, but it was a series that ran out of the Ottawa Art Gallery. Um, and there were musicians and poets who would perform there. Like I think Joni Mitchell performed yeah. there one time. Mm -hmm. and believe Leonard Cohen was there. Anyways, back, this was like in the 70s. And it was sort of like this cool sort of cabaret style of music and poetry scene. Um, and I mean, that sort of embodies kind of like the spirit that we wanted and part of what we put together. And it really, like, we were going to see all these events at the Saw Gallery or the art, uh, the Ottawa Art Gallery. Um, now, which used to be in one building and now are two buildings, if you know Ottawa. Anyway. Yeah. Um, because we wanted to work in SAW and SAW agreed to offer us, uh, donate space to us. Um, it just seemed like the perfect place because this thing had existed there and like a reading series hasn't been there since Tree was there. Um, and they left that space seven or eight years ago when I was volunteering for them. So, um, so we really wanted to go back to, to that. So that's those sort of histories have really informed the reading series we've put together. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, yeah, the AB series was always something I was thinking about Amanda after yeah. it sort of stopped running. Very sad time for those of us who, you know, wanted to, who, I, I don't know, the amazing things that, that Max and the board, Max Middle and the board would bring in. Um, really, there were musical performers. Yeah. Like I remember there was a woman who, one of the events I volunteered for was like a experimental composer from like, Sweden or Norway, I can't exactly remember, Finland, one of those countries. Scandinavian country. Yeah, Scandinavian <laughs> countries. Um, and I was always just, I discovered so much of that series and we want to offer something that we hope people, you know, find something new um, from the writers and musicians and performers we bring in. Yeah. That's and definitely also, We also want people to feel like warm. You mentioned community yeah. earlier and that's really like at the root of what we do too, because we want people to feel welcome and included and just comfortable and safe. And that kind of comes from, I'm gonna shout out a reading series in Toronto called the Tartan Turban Secret Reading Series, right, which right. is run by Gavin Barrett and Mayank Bank, uh, Mayank Bot. And it's just the most welcoming space. Wow. Um, and, and it's also when they were hosting it in person, it was hosted out of a marketing firm. And so it's like, kind of like, you know, strange interconnected arenas of different art forms kind of coming forth together. And, and they're always very welcoming and, and gracious. And that's kind of what we, we wanted to create this cozy space where, like Nina said, um, you know, young poets or even established poets could come and be like, holy crap, I, I have discovered someone that I don't know. And let's, you know, let's see something new. That's really cool. 
Yeah, I know it's it's not, and every time every time one of your um after one of your events, I I, I see a lot of uh, lovely uh, excitement from people on on Twitter or on various social media. Play, you know, everyone's just so thrilled with what you're doing. So it's great. Dadaism too was created out of uh, out of uh, response to the absurdity too of war. So maybe yes. there's a connection too in that we're in this absurd time, not just with. Uh, <laughs> With um, COVID, but with the social injustices, uh, the rise of misinformation and the oh, absolutely. And so I feel like we really need your series, right, and all the other series that are going on. So I'm really, I'm really glad. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, the dear Danielle Gregoire, a friend of yours too, mm-hmm. always always ends their um, messages. Uh, it was, I'm glad you exist, and I think it's on their card too for their uh, their uh, curious and kind space. So uh, I'm glad you exist. The series and both of you. Not that Aww. we're ending anytime soon. We're we're still going. We're still going. Uh, going. Uh, I'm thinking too. If in Ottawa, we we used to have a cafe. Um, when I first came to Ottawa back in the well, maybe it was a little bit late, but anyways, in the nineties there was a cafe called Cafe Women. It was at the corner of Sussex and George where I think the Clarendon Tavern is now where the Black Tomato used to be. And but it was a, a little, it had sort of that same spirit. It was kind of, um, there were, there, it was, it had a connection with artists. There were, there were performances and things there, readings, there were readings and things. And that was one of the places I first went to when I first came to Ottawa. I thought it was cool, you know, but it didn't, uh, yeah, I think uh, yeah, it has. There's a whole book about the history of the cafe women. It was run by a Dutch couple, I think. So that was an interesting, uh, interesting precursor to all of this too. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of there's been a lot of interesting attempts at various styles of things, and people have had various dreams of making multidisciplinary and multidisciplinary uh, series. So yeah, I, I think it's great. To, now the other thing I, I guess is is you you always you call your um, your each event and iteration, which I like that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the, the term iteration and how it fits in with, uh, with this, uh, with your events? Uh, so like how Nina came up with Riverbed while I yeah. was drawing circles on a piece of paper, um, we were trying to figure out sort of the, how to refer to our, our events. We, we didn't, we weren't quite, like sold on the idea of just calling them an event. Um, And so we're like, okay, well, you know, and I couldn't get iteration out of my head. I think maybe it's from my my art world, um, but I really couldn't get it out of my head. And I was like, I kept repeating it. And then Nina's like, well, why don't we just call them iterations? I was like, yeah, okay. (laughs) I like that. Let's do it. Um, And yeah, we think of it sort of like, we think we only do four a year and we think of like a season and we have a pretty similar structure year over year with some variation mm-hmm. so the iterations do build on themselves like they're not yeah. single events we have we're starting some more special events we did our first one this fall but the iterations are really built on and growing out of each other and sort of this process for building of riverbed and yeah. each one also has its own like sort of thematic its own microcosm unto itself that then lends itself to the overall image of the season. So we definitely, because we only host four, four times a year, we definitely put a lot of thought um, and a lot of artistic sort of curation, for lack of a better word, into each iteration, as it were. Last fall, you had a special event, which was outside of the, uh, the four iterations. Can you talk about that event? Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, it was actually really neat. We had in our process of visiting SAW and finally being able to host an in-person event at SAW, we bumped into the artist Shia Ishaq, who was hosting, who was having an, a solo exhibition at SAW Gallery called the Library of Infinities. Yeah. And so I think they might have attended, either they saw the setup or they attended our, our third iterate, or sorry, our our second iteration, which featured um, Margot Lapierre, Natalie Hanna, Liam Burke, um, Eve Parker Finley, and Dominique Perzien. And it was outdoors and it was really neat. It was actually our first in-person event ever. Um, and not too long after that, they reached out to us and asked if we would be willing to collaborate with them to host a special sort of literary event around their exhibition. And... We yeah, thought it was really like, neat. Yeah. And well, I mean, I mean, talk about community. Like yeah. for us, it was really exciting that August event because it was our first event we got to do in the saw space. Mm -hmm. um, we've sort of been waiting for over a year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> year and a half to do an event there. And we met Shia. And um, yeah, we just wanted to share, I guess we want to share the space as much as we can with everyone who's possible. And Shia yeah. reached out to us and said, you know, I know. Um, Francesca Equiasi, and I want to invite her and Saw will help bring this person, bring, bring her in and help cover fees and stuff. And I need help programming it. Mm -hmm. And what, yeah, I read, I read Francesca's book is amazing. Um, pig butter, honey bread, if I have the right order. Or, uh, honey, honey pig butter, butter bread. No, okay, we'll look it up. We'll, we'll put the right link on the, on the I always say it in the wrong order. I have the Francesco, four Francesco, so sorry. <laughs> but it's a beautiful, anyways, it was it's a beautiful a really good book. Over the summer. Um, and I don't know, how could we not, <laughs> we wanted to host Francesca. Um, so we, so we said yes and yeah. planned a special event in, uh, that happened in September and, or sorry, in October. And it was amazing. Yeah, it was a really yeah, it cool was event. It was, it was Yes. And now after having done one, we're like, well, it would be nice to continue building community by partnering with other um, other programmers and organizations. So mm -hmm. we're sort of, you know, we're always planning a year ahead. So we're looking to planning something next year as well. Yeah, I would say it, it definitely was really neat. We had an experimental film screening which was really cool as part of the event um, because of, you know, precautions around COVID, we did have to pivot from our original programming. We were originally going to host um, Francesca in conversation with Kagiso, um, who is a local Ottawa writer, but um, we had to pivot and, uh, and, and the conversation became between Shia and Francesca instead with the experimental film. And like Nina said, it, it's, it's really started like a brainchild for a, a whole parallel stream that runs beside our normal programming, which is to host at least one special event a season in collaboration with someone like art organizations or artists that are local to the area or even not. It's really yeah. great to see how, you, how just sort of these connections 
this sort of rhizomatic structure, right, where one thing leads to another and spreads out, and it's it, 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 it's it's really interesting. The other thing you you did is um, in season one you had a guest curator, Helen Robertson, who's part of your uh, your collaborative group as well for iteration four. So what may how, what prompted that? Uh, Helen also uh, curated. Uh, uh, tree reading series, and that was a great I, I, over at uh, the Kraken. Um, what? No, the Coves or the Kraken? Oh. No, no. What, what, what's the name of that place? Coven. Coven. I've got Cove and Kraken. Some. Where's the Kraken? I want to go to the Kraken. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's so there Coven. was a bar called Kraken was on Elgin, but it's no okay. longer. Okay. I never, that. I never went there, so I don't know where that. <laughs> But anyway, uh, Helen also did uh, the uh, did a, a tree at, at um, the Coven, and that was a great, a fun event. Uh, it, I remember it was a hot summer, if, uh, like it was it was a July event. It was uh, related, kind of related to Pride, and, and it was it was a uh, or June of August, I guess it would be August for Pride. Yes, but uh, yeah. So what uh, what prompted uh, the uh, the decision to have a curator, and can you, you talk a little bit more about that event? Sure. I mean, um, so oh, well, Ellen, you want to go? No, you go ahead. <laughs> we always talk over each other. No, you go ahead. I was, I was going to say that, that um, when, we were, when we were setting up sort of what our, our four events a year would look like, we wanted to, we, we wanted to have one iteration that would be representative of more like a diverse experience. Yeah. Right, because like we bring our own experiences to curation, but every invited curator will bring their own. So that's kind of where that stemmed. And then you go, Nina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's such, I mean, being able to curate a series, like having worked for an event, events for many years, like the Writers' Festival and volunteering for tree reading series, I've got to watch people, you know, program things. And now it's such a gift that I, we get to program things. Mm -hmm. And, but as an, you know, as just a writer, as a, as the poet, you know, or a musician, or you don't always get to choose. If you could put your dream event together, you don't normally get to do that yourself because there's so much you need, you know, money to pay people, you need a space to do it. Um, and so we wanted to extend the opportunity to other people to be able to curate something with, we provide the infrastructure and all you have to do is find the people mm -hmm. um, as well. So I think it's like, yeah, bringing other voices and also giving people's voices an opportunity to bring their strengths to the stage. Um, so our fourth iteration of every year is always a curated event. And this year we have Sunita Fejic, um, who is curating um, in February. Anyways, this is- That's a scoop because we have it. So does live, you will notice. It's going up next week. <laughs> it's going up um, next week. We haven't announced it anywhere, but Sunita has been doing such incredible work behind the scenes yeah. and we're so excited <laughs> for February. We're like so stoked for what she's she's got planned for us, so. Yeah, so, and we'll continue doing that every, so every February yeah. we will have an invited um, curator uh, mm -hmm. portion. That's great. And of course, I was uh, my next question was going to be, what do you have planned for iteration four of season two <laughs> on February 23rd? And now now I've, I've heard it. Now for this one, you've you've also done a fundraiser and the fundraiser involved an interesting thing. It involved a visual poem. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So we're currently generating it. Um, generating. We, we like to. Yes, we're currently in the process of generating it. We like to sort of run an annual like gift campaign. Yeah. Um, it started last year 
well, I guess because we started last year, but we we thought this would be fun in that, you know, we're if it weren't for our community, we never would have made it through our first year. It's that's plain and simple. It's because of every single person who donated both either through monetary value or through their time or through venues like that is exactly how we got through our first year. And we're very cognizant of that. And we wanted to run sort of like um, an annual gift return, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. So last year it was a, um, it was like a, a tiered sort of collection of gift books that we had had, um, including you know, Watch Your Head and a few one of a kind prints from Nina. And then this year we decided to try something a bit more experimental to fit in line with our theme of what we are and so I'm personally really excited because I've never really written a visual poem before. And Nina is a genius at them. So I'm like. Thank you, Ellen. Yeah, uh, well, we've done a couple of, we did, this, so this will be our third collaborative fundraiser sort of piece. We did like a give, during our first year where fundraising was our literally our only source of income to pay people, except for a couple of like one-off reading fees that we got covered. Um, from the League of Canadian Poets, thank you very the much, League. League. And, the Union of and the Writers' Union, yes, shout outs to both. <laughs> Incredible <laughs> groups. So it was very integral for us to fundraise and we couldn't do events in person, so we couldn't like pass a hat. So mm-hmm. sort of moved all our passing of the hat basically to fundraisers or to just like a GoFundMe. So if you attend, you can attend for event or you can donate, you know, to the campaign that happens once a year. But we'd done just some like collaborative writing like we'd done with Seven um, but yeah, we wanted to do something a little different this year. Um, and yeah, I don't know. We thought it would be fun to do a visual poem because I do them all the time by myself. And I did, well, I did like collaborative sound piece with Sasha Archer, but not like collaborative visual. So this is sort of like the next step for me in collaborative experiments. Mm -hmm. And I've done like doodles. I've done doodles. Um, and I've done oh, maybe one or two very <laughs> rudimentary ones that you published in Experimento not too right. long ago. I enjoyed but they were rudimentary. Okay. They're not like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I'm I excited to word. see what we, we generate. I don't hate that word, Ellen. I, <laughs> I, 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 t- I don't really care. Like I, it was something about Judith when I was, when I was doing the anthology, uh, editing the anthology for Judith Women Making Visual Poetry. At the time, people would say, well, I don't know whether this is visual poetry. And I would say, if you think it's visual poetry, it's visual poetry. And I don't care whether you're someone with, I mean, I respect someone who has years of experience making whatever they're making, but I also respect the learning. And I think we all can learn from everyone's work. I don't care how long your biography is or whatever. <laughs> so yeah, no, I was happy to publish those pieces. And I I, I always, I, I, I want the, I want the person to feel inspired by the act of creation. And that's what counts for me most of all. And, and then to play and stuff like that. So I always, I'll always be supportive of, uh, and besides they were great. They were great pieces and, and, and it was great to have you in Experimento and, and everything else. So that's good. Um, what else can I, I mean, I, I, there's lots of things, but I'd like to ask you um, for those considering starting a reading or performance series, what advice can you give them? And maybe if you if you have any resources that you think they might need, I'll, I'll, I can share some links and things like that uh, for them. <laughs> well, <laughs> we don't know if we have Ooh. any resources for you to include in your um, in your 
We have advice, but we don't have links. We have uh, advice because you know why the links don't exist. There are no like, resource links. The, pe- yeah, the yeah. links are people. Yes. <laughs> um, it's like links are people. I like that. I'm going to use that as a quote. I think. <laughs> like we, I mean, as I mentioned before, I volunteer. I volunteered for tree reading series when I first moved to Ottawa, and I, you know, started volunteering with events for the Writers Festival when I was a teenager, and then worked for them in my twenties and into my thirties. Um, and I don't know, meeting people who ran series and getting an eye into how they were run was really what taught me. So like getting connected with the community that knew how to do it. Um, and then I've, I mean, I've, I've done lots of different things then in terms of programming. Like I have, you know, before Ellen was a mentor for Arts Network Ottawa, I worked for Arts Network Ottawa, like coordinating programming for them. So really then, you know, learning how to program and plan and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, talking to people you know who run reading series, um, going out to a reading series or an event or whatever kind of series, you know, it's going out to see something similar to what you want to do and then talking to people. Like, as you mentioned, we started talking to Rachel because we were going to events she was running and like I had gone to events of hers for years as of the programmer for Debaser and then getting, asking questions and getting advice. People, I don't know, our communities are dynamic and if, I don't mm-hmm. know if I speak for everyone in them, but we always want to nurture other people to create new things. So people will happily answer your questions or volunteer and take something on. I think that's the, yeah, people are the links. <laughs> Find out what other people are doing and uh, start. I think um, Ottawa is very great for exactly what Nina just touched on in that it's an incredibly warm and supportive community, especially in the literary arts. It may not be the same everywhere that you are, So depending on where you are, um, you might bump into rougher characters and rougher tides. But I think if you have like a a strong vision and you can see that there might be a gap in the the landscape that your vision might slide into and flourish in, then that's definitely a great start. I think talking to people, like Nina said, is incredibly important. Um, you know, like before I moved to Ottawa, I ran events for a contemporary art gallery. So they were VIP events that were focused on fundraising and focused on creating awareness for the exhibitions that were happening in our seasonal catalog. I was also on the fundraising committee for the McMichael Canadian Art Collection's annual fundraiser event, which is the Moonlight Gala. And so it's definitely like throwing yourself in there into any opportunity that could possibly arise just to get that experience and then taking it from there is really important. Um, also research, do a lot of research. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, if you want to- lots of other important things to know, like should yeah. you your name? <laughs> you should definitely okay. register your name Can you <laughs> if you don't want- What are yeah. the conditions for that? Like what yes. are artist fees? That kind of, I mean, there's yeah. tons of stuff. And I think, but it is, as Ellen said, totally regionally based. So mm-hmm. also, are you, are you, uh, are you able, oh, sorry, I cut you off, but are you willing to, uh, willing to work hard? Um, that's another thing. Yeah, a lot of and work. I work incredibly <laughs> hard. Um, yeah, we don't just throw this together at the last minute. I think it, yeah. it's really a dedication, but like yeah. in terms of resources, I mean, I'm sure you could, if someone's interested, they could reach out to either of us. Mm-hmm. for advice always <laughs> so we we're always willing like, to talk people who are linked <laughs> <laughs> yes 
Yeah, and I, I would add there there are like, for instance, um, City of Ottawa, Ontario Arts Council, Canada Council, there are places to go to apply for grants and they all have um, some help with um, with developing, um, you know, writing the proposal and stuff like that. And um, so there there is that as well, at least, at least when you're doing things that have a specific geographic location. For those mm-hmm. who are trying to do things like Angel House Press, we were trying to do worldwide things, and I'm afraid we're limited in getting funding from governments for that. So I'm working on something. I'm working on something to uh, to deal with that. But is there anything else you'd like to add about Riverbed, or anything else you'd like to uh, talk about the uh, at this point before I read my note of praise? <laughs> well, if you haven't yet, sign up to receive our newsletters. We don't send many a year. Amanda is testament to that. <laughs> Me, I send a lot of Angel House Press. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you're you on our mailing list, so you would know. We don't send a lot a year, but if you are interested in a new series, I would say definitely sign up because that's sort of the first in, in terms of what's next. And yeah, now we are, I mean, yes, if you're in Ontario, you know, things are opening up again. So like we mentioned, we started again in person in August. However, um, having started online in a global pandemic and seeing some of the benefits such as inviting audiences from outside of the city and the country, even uh, city, province, country around the world, um, or like people who aren't necessarily comfortable being in spaces because Mm -hmm. of their own health or abilities or, or it, you know, timing, family, school, um, we are still hybrid series and yes, that's we something are. we intend to maintain um, for the future. We've fixed some of our glitches now. <laughs> we have some really <laughs> tech support at SAW, which we're very grateful Maybe. for. And yeah. um, we will continue running the, the series in a hybrid performance. And like open micers are also invited to be um, hybrid performers as well. So if you're ever looking to read an open mic that's not in your own hometown, um, or wherever you're located. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also a space that's open to you. Um, so yeah, that's really important. I think we're always going to be a hybrid series. I mean, as long yeah. as you have the internet. Yes. <laughs> we'll be a hybrid series. Yeah. God forbid. That is I don't know. Is there wood? Yeah. I got to knock on some wood. <laughs> yeah. Is that anything else to add for you? Oh, yes, you've already, yeah, you, Ellen, you mentioned newsletters. Yeah, the, okay, that's great. I'm, what I'm going to do now is I'm just going to end with a little note of praise and thank you both. So while Riverhead, Riverbed, Riverhead, what the heck? Okay, <laughs> that's a different series. It hasn't been invented. Riverhead, okay. <laughs> like our, uh, like the R-rated version of Riverbed. <laughs> oh, no, Nita. <laughs> Excellent. Amanda was thinking. Sure, I was thinking. <laughs> Well, while Riverbed is one of the few series I've yet to attend, I was really happy to see it come to fruition and to see two writers I admire join forces, knowing that whatever they create would be exciting, inclusive, and thoughtful. I like the hybridity or multimedia aspect of the series rather just than having all poetry, all music, different genres are combined. I think the series came at a time when Ottawa's literary series were finally starting to become more inclusive after years of centering white creators and focusing only on one genre. It joins In Our Tongues Reading and Art series, a series that centers BIPOC creators as a refreshing addition to the literary community. So thank you to Nina Jane Dristick and Ellen Chang Richardson of the Riverbed Reading Series for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And it's really lovely to see you both 
thanks to Charles Zoe for processing and Jennifer Peterson for the intro and outro. And thanks to all of you for listening and sharing the podcast. Stay tuned for our next episode, my conversation with Danny Spinoza and Kate Ciclosi of Gap Riot Press. And in subsequent episodes, we're going to talk to a bunch of different uh, presses in Sweden and Canada and the UK um, and USA and Ireland as well. So we're going to be in this this year. I'm focusing on small presses and reading series. I do still have spots for a few more reading series and presses. So if you'd like to come on the show toward the end of the year, please email me at amanda at angelhousepress.com. And also stay tuned for a very exciting crowdfunding campaign that's going to be fabulous. And it's starting, I'm not going to tell you when, but you're going to be able to sign up starting January 25th. So you can get access to all kinds of secret perks and small press merch and all kinds of goodies and stuff. It's going to be fantastic. Thank you again, Ellen and Nina Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Small Machine Talks. The Small Machine Talks.